Welcome back. This is the West Box Scores Lucha Royale series. Today's show is probably the most jam-packed from this four-parter. We tackle three topics and one crazy off-script discussion you won't want to miss. We'll go over our favorite matches, our favorite factions, and touch on experiences as fans of a sport that usually gets ridiculed by those who don't understand its greatness. So without further ado, here's episode three. Let's get into it. All right, so I got to ask you, Rick, what would be one of your favorite matches of all time? Oh, that is such a hard question to answer, you bastard. There's so <laughs> many wrestling This is where we hit the hard-hitting questions here. Oh, the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> no rant, no slant. I, I, <laughs> no rant. Wrestle talk with IQ. <laughs> um, I think one of the most ins- exciting matches that I remember watching, and I was just like, oh my God, what are they going to do next? Was the first TLC match. Oh. Was the first oh, tables okay. and ladders chair match. Was the first yeah. match where I was just like, uh, I guess I, I've been at that before that I was already kind of watching wrestling. And if you watch wrestling enough, you can kind of read what's going to happen next and stuff like that. It, but with that TLC match, I had no idea what the hell they were going to do. The Hardy boys, the, the you know, the, the Dudley boys and freaking edge and Christian was just, it was insane. I, I never think thought of anything, you know, that you were going to jump off a freaking a 12 foot ladder do a swanton bomb into a freaking into a guy yeah. into a table and i was just like what the hell is going on I, I, that, yeah. that was the first match where i was just like this is like literally this is awesome before the chat of the, the this is awesome chat was even thought i was like dude this is awesome and it to this day it's still one of my f- most favorite matches to watch all time of all time such an iconic match you're right uh donald what would you say one of your favorite matches that you've ever seen ranks up there as your favorite mm, i think definitely the uh the uh the hell in the cell between uh taker and mankind nice. uh, oh obviously yeah. it has that iconic throw over the over the <laughs> over the top but um it was crazy because like i i remember watching that and being like wow this is this is really intense especially because the way they built that story up line between between mankind and undertaker it's like as a kid watching it you didn't know who was the scarier one, you know? Mankind was in the boiler room. It was just like, what the heck is this? Like, he's, like, living in this, like, you know, uh, really dark place that looks like you get thrown there for being a reject in life or whatever. (laughs) And then Undertaker was just Undertaker, you know what I mean? He was, like, the dead man, you know? He was just very untouchable. And then here comes, you know, Mankind with this whole, like, reject look and and persona taking him on and kind of, like, you know, building it up. And so I was obviously when the... When the match happened, I thought it was really cool um, how it all played out. And it was funny because I did listen to that Undertaker interview now with uh, now that he did the documentary that uh, apparently and it was interesting seeing uh, information about how because that was the first one, they didn't really set up the, the cage to be as strong to ha- handle their weight. So no. I didn't notice it while the match was happening. But now when you look back at the clips, you see how they're actually always on the where the pipes are at. And they're always trying to figure out how to like walk on top of the cage without being in the middle of it because it would break. And obviously you see when it breaks through and how much in that's all because like there was too much weight and they didn't. They I guess they were the test dummies for the hell in the cell yeah. um, whole thing. Yeah. Like, so it was just it was just kind of crazy. But yeah, that, that match that I always remembered. 
um, how it went down, everything that happened. And then, you know, the hardcore stuff that mankind would bring and everything. It was just like, what the heck is like, what's this guy doing? He's taking it to a different level, you know? So, um, especially for WWE at the time, uh, I think that, uh, Mick Foley was, was that guy that really helped him, uh, elevate like the more extreme stuff with, but obviously doing it with character. Cause he had great characters. I always thought he was really cool with all the characters he had, but yeah, Helen himself for sure. Um, I think like second place that I would think that I think. Yo, that yo, I wish- yo, wait, wait, don't let us all get through before you bury it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Then I'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, Sonny, who would you say, or what match would you say is fresh in your memory as one of your favorites? I mean, it's always, I, so far the two, the two that Rick, and this is why I had to stop Donald. Because <laughs> you're not here to take it, right? The, take all the, good are, ones. the two that they already listed were two of the ones that are. If you take mine, I'm going to be mad about going last. Instantly came, come to my mind. So that's why I had to stop Donald. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, but one of the ones that I remember vividly is is the ladder match, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. Ooh, that was oh. my backup one. <laughs> yeah, that 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 I, I think it was WrestleMania ten or yes, eleven. It was WrestleMania. Yeah, it was ten. Yeah, it was an Intercontinental Title match. I remember it wasn't the main card, uh, right? Or the yeah. So that it stole that the match, show though, dude. It that exactly. Show. That match is the one I remember the most from from that WrestleMania, and again, that was what entrenched my fandom uh, for Shawn Michaels because I, up to that point in the WWF, you had not seen anything like that. Like this dude was again flying the first to fly off the ladders like that and use the ladder in such an athletic way, and then Razor Ramon to his part, I feel like he's probably one of the most underrated um, partners. And any like that dude sells most of the matches, you know, when he's absolutely he's a great worker. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like that guy. And in that match, that was just another example of it. Like, man, they they went back and forth and the storyline go. It had everything, dude. So that's one of the ones that I vividly remember. I believe the storyline was that Razor Ramon had the other belt. That's why they had both belts exactly. up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Shawn Michaels came back, basically. Yeah. Um, but he never technically lost his title b- before he left. That's so, so great. So there were two intercontinental titles. And so they were just going to settle the, the the debate once and for all. So yeah, it was a, that was a great match. That's what I remember as a kid. Nice. I remember for me as a kid be my favorite match because it had the storyline and build and being so great was WrestleMania 12 60 minute Iron Man match oh, between Bret Hart and oh, Shawn yes, Michaels yes. and just being watching that and being like this this match is going back and forth who's going to get a pinfall was like, on my birthday oh wow oh, nice. was it I was on my November 9th yeah dude um no, no, the screw job. The screw job was the on my screw, birthday. I'm about to say, wait a minute. November like, 9th, the screw job was yeah. on my birthday. Yeah, WrestleMania was was in April. In April, that's usually, I, WrestleMania sometimes fall on my birthday. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That, so that's, in April, so that's I, why I'm like. I just remembered one of their two matches being on my birthday, but now that I thought about it, I was like, oh no, it was the screw job that happened on my birthday. Oh my god, <laughs> the screw job's a whole another podcast. Oh, yeah. We're gonna go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, uh, no, yeah. for sure. Uh so that WrestleMania was just awesome. 60 minutes going back and forth, and then like around 10 minutes till you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? There still hasn't been a pinfall yet. And then Bret Hart getting Shawn Michaels in the sharpshooter with like 30 seconds to go. Like it's gonna end at the last minute, of course it is. And the holds on time expires like okay well what happens of course there's that confusion and then you get the overtime and it's just 
And going into that match being a Shawn Michaels, I was more into Shawn Michaels, obviously, at that time because the 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 the, the flair that he has, you know, as a kid, you go for that more so. And it's just like that storyline they had of uh, what Jose Lothario come back to train him. You're like that boyhood dream. He wants to be champion. Like, of course, he's going to win it. He has to be Bret Hart. But at the time, they built Bret Hart to be like this excellence of execution wrestler like there's no way he's going to be able to beat Shawn Michaels is going to be able to beat Bret Hart because he's just such this great technician and as a kid you're not into that you're you're into the whole flair still so that's why I'm rooting for Shawn Michaels and he holds on to like not tap out like oh well he didn't really lose but I guess it's going to end in a draw but then they make him restart the match and he comes back and hits the sweet chin music and wins it. And it was just so great. And even in that, in the entrance to that, that match, he comes down from the top of the That's arrow. Right. Pond, yeah. That's right. right? Yeah. He comes That's right. down yeah. from the, the rafters there next to that ugly Anaheim Mighty Ducks logo. But he comes all the way down <laughs> and it's just so cool. And it's it, that right there is one of my favorite matches as a kid. And obviously that's when you start paying attention to like how matches are formed and the storytelling within the match. Cause I believe he can switch in music to a cameraman at one point. Like yeah. it's just so nuts. All the stuff that happens in that match. Like I you- remember about that match, Howard Finkel's, uh, call when it was a draw and it was like that's something that i distinctly yeah. remember that dude's voice rest in peace finkel oh, um, fink. but uh but that dude could sell you on like a match result or intro <laughs> oh yeah the greatest voice of all time yeah. I mean, Doc Gallows, by the way, shout out to Doc Gallows. He does a great Howard Finkel oh, yeah. inter- impersonation, nice. which is like, it makes you think you're listening to the real guy. Nice. Um, but so those are some great matches. We just spouted off there, guys. So what would you say, though, your favorite faction of all time is? Storyline, faction. I would say faction first. Uh, Rick, go ahead. Who's your favorite faction of all time? Oh, my favorite faction of all time. Man, I, it would have to be NWO. Honestly, it would have to be NWO. It's just one of those things that was just, it, it was great. It was, I mean, it, it, it imploded on itself and later on, but it was, it, when it first started, it was great. It was just so many big names. It was, you know, Scott Hall. It was Kevin Nash. It was Hogan. It was, it was just, it was right off the, it was a time where it was so just Stone Cold Steve Austin-esque, which was my favorite, you know, still my favorite wrestler right now. It's just like screw authority, forget everything, and they literally, yeah. you know, once you start figuring out later, they're like, oh, they literally run the show. They actually did run WCW for a while, pretty much <laughs> from yeah. Bischoff. Bischoff just let them roam free and do whatever they wanted. So that's why I yeah. was like, oh, that was so awesome. They could do whatever they want. They're just doing great matches. And later on, crappy matches. I mean, they, yeah, they don't sold nobody, but uh, to they didn't me, have was to because yeah, they were NWO. Exactly, they didn't have to, but. I think it was it was it was NWO for me. Nice. It's NWO. I love the way the whole time you're just telling NWO stuff. Uh, Sonny's giving giving you the whole uh, know, suck it chop. Me the whole there. suck it chop over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. T- I got I got two words for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, <laughs> for life. <laughs> um, so we obviously know, Sonny. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say close second is the Wolf Pack. Within, you know, the NWO, NWO. Oh, yeah. that was to me cooler. The, the problem I liked, I really liked NWO at the time, but the problem was they were like a a lamer version of DX. You know, like um, DX had the humor 
that oh, yeah. NWO did not have. And that's what, to me, put DX on top. Like the gimmicks, the jokes, like just just the, um, what are they called? The, um, when the they, promos? When, yeah, the promos. The, promo. the promos yeah, yeah. that that DX would shoot because Kevin Nash and like Scott Hall, if you go back and you watch a, a lot of their like comebacks are this move. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. it. Like that's all like, it's well, the stupidest thing but, ever. But that's but that all they had to do though. They were that. Evil. And it was like, over. Just, that's the was thing. That so was, over. that gimmick was thing. over. That's I guess thing. for that's me why. as a, as a, I'd like to consider myself more of a sophisticated kid. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you are the sophisticated me, wrestling it was fan. Like, of course. You know, oh, yeah. That's kind you know. of whack. That's, that, that's the first time I ever heard that one. The sophisticated <laughs> wrestling fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. Take that one to the bank. Um, DX at least came with that humor that it was like, oh, that now that was a burn. You know what well, I mean? I think that's fair to say. DX was a bit more charismatic yes, than yeah, the NWO. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's why, to me, I mean, DX again for reasons we mentioned in other mini episodes of this podcast. <laughs> absolutely, D- DX um, just took WWE. It, they were the response, if you will, to NWO because right, right when WCW had. R- here we go. Wrestled away. The, uh, <laughs> oh my god! Wrestled away the uh, 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 wrestled the away audience. The audience. Yeah. You know, it was like DX and the Attitude Era. You know, with the help of Stone Cold, um, took it back. You know, even though DX kind of predated Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and that whole feud that happened. Right. DX had happened yeah. right before that. So um, yeah. But of course, even the reincarnation of DX, right? Even once once their leader, you would think if Scott Hall leaves um, NWO, I'm sorry, uh, Steve Nash, uh, Steve Nash, uh, Kevin, Kevin Nash, if Kevin Nash leaves NWO as you as he did or as he went away, it kind of crumbled, right? And WCW never could pick up the pieces from it again. They tried mm-hmm. to bring it back, but by that point, it was already too late. Um, right, you lose steam. On, yeah, exactly. Whereas on the mm-hmm. other hand. You have the the creator, the most charismatic dude, leave due to injury. You know, Shawn Michaels he, at the time right. was retiring. Yeah. And DX still thrived, you know, right. with, with X-Pac and Billy Gunn and Road Dogg. And they well, still, it was because Triple H was carried the torch there and was very charismatic right. on his own. So. Exactly. And, but that's a credit to what that what they were about, you know, the, the foundation. Well, that tandem, right. Exactly. So even with China, you know, like her mm. her her role in it was amazing, you know, just oh, being yeah. the she silent. She was a great heater. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so NWO felt like it got old after a year and a half. Well, it got know? watered down. There were so many people in it. There were multiple yeah. factions. That's the why best Wolfpack, faction, of course. Yeah. Wolfpack was cool it was because- it kind of rejuvenated it for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, yeah, DX just to me had, it was the, it's the greatest faction ever, dude. Nice. That's fair. Uh, Donald, who would you say was your favorite faction? Man, that's a, it's tough. You guys already picked out probably the top two that I could think of for sure. Right. Um, NWO being the biggest in WCW. Um, not sure. Did it implode or did just WWE decide to do away with them? Right. Well, it pretty much um, imploded before WC- WWE bought it. It was kind yeah. of a done done deal. Yeah. It, it it almost comes off like the unlike like unlike DX, it it came off like they didn't know where they were gonna end it and just kind of let it run through more, and then it just burned out. And it was like at least DX was smart enough to know like, hey, 
this is the end of right here. You know, um, it, they weren't going to add any more people outside of the, you know, Billy Gunn and Road Dog. And then if they weren't going to be in it, then they weren't just going to continue it. And even then, I think, right, it came back just as the original Shawn Michaels and, and Triple H, but it was more like they're just coming back to do cameos at this point. They're no yeah. longer, you know, doing it. But, oh, uh, man, it's it's tough to say for me. I mean, obviously, I, I always remember DX being mm. the one that... um alongside stone cold was the biggest one for me uh man uh, but i can't I, I would say dx would be my favorite but because it's already been mentioned i definitely nope. the other that i've i thought was really cool to see was a nation of domination oh, yes oh, yeah. i was about to say that nice was, was what? Say that again? the nation, the nation of, domination. of domination oh yeah, yeah you know yeah. farouk the rock well early rock like um <laughs> But uh, yeah, Mark Henry, you know, Mark Henry was, yeah, dude, like, yeah, it was cool. Oh, I mean, I thought that was really early. And Owen Hart, oh, and oh. Owen Hart was part of it too, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Because I know when it first came you out, it felt it. like very, like, oh, this is like a black power type of thing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I thought it was cool. But uh, I remember Nation of Domination for sure was really cool to watch and how strong they were. And uh, unlike DX, they were not, they had no comedy as well, but, you know, they were really powerful guys, you know, so it was really cool seeing them. Their their song was really cool. It's crazy to think that their song is what evolved into becoming the Rock's theme eventually. So um, just because I think they took the same like melody or something like that. So, yeah. So one of my favorite fractions growing up was also from the Attitude Era. And that was, dude, I loved heels. I still love heel wrestlers to this day. And it's the corporation. It's got to be Vince McMahon, yeah. Shane McMahon, and then eventually the corporate champ himself, The Rock. The Rock. He didn't yeah. sell out. He bought in. <laughs> oh, that was just so awesome to see, man. What was the what was the name of Shane's group with his homies from Connecticut? <laughs> the, mean the, mean, the Mean Street Posse. The Mean Street Posse, right? The, yeah. From Connecticut. I remember oh, yeah. that. <laughs> They're the all preppy boys. kids coming out. Yeah. <laughs> with the with the vet, with the sweater vest and yeah, I remember that. Oh uh, man, that 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 attitude era obviously is, is so iconic because it had so many factions. You know, you could run down that list. You had you know DX, the Nation of Domination, the Corporation, then the Ministry of Darkness. Boo! Which, yeah. Oh, what's but you love the Undertaker? I, I do love the Undertaker, but that that faction was the wackest <laughs> one of that whole era, dude. The Ministry of Darkness with where they would <laughs> sacrifice everybody on the. Uh, it's like, come on, man! Like, give me more of the Rock. Give me more DX. Give me, give me. Anything but this. Like I'll take Al Snow's fucking head over the job shit. squad. <laughs> you also had Al Snow in the job yeah. squad and back in the in the attitude era. Yeah. Oh man, I totally forgot about the job squad. Wow. What about and then you also had mankind uh, the union with well, who else was in that one? Do you remember that one? Actually, I don't. Oh, dude, the union was awesome. What's the union? See, uh, is, I remember Can Can Shamrock. Yes. Mankind. Um. Shoot, test. I feel like it was test. Yes, yeah, test. And there was a fourth big boss man. It was a fourth member. I forget. I forget Dude, I was. love the way you just named everybody. Ken Shamrock, <laughs> wow. test. The leader was mankind, and you just and you forgot the big show. The big show. The big that's show. Unbelievable. And they yeah. would come out with two by fours. <laughs> oh, that's oh right. God, I remember that. That's right. Yeah, the two by four. The two oh, by fours yeah. are very memorable. <laughs> Oh my God! This debuted in November sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight, according to Wikipedia. Here, man, that's Although so speak, awesome. Speaking of mankind, I do, uh, and maybe we'll touch on this next. Nope. Um, 
but I do remember him and The Rock being one of my favorite tag team. Oh, partners. The Rock and Sock Connection. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. was so yeah, The Rock great. and Sock Connection. Yeah. Oh amazing. man. Yeah. To this day, <laughs> the Rock and Sock Connection segment on Raw when yeah, the, this when is your the, life. Yeah, the highest rated segment in all of Monday Night Raw history. Is it really? Yeah. Yes. No. The highest rated segment of all time to this day. Yeah. Which is that, unbelievable, right? Yeah, See, that, yeah, and that's I, I think why that's still there. That's why The Rock to me again was a close second to Shawn Michaels because he brought a lot of that same entertainment and humor value exactly. to anything that was just like, oh, dude, just more of The Rock. Well, because that's why wrestling is great because it incorporates everything, right? It's going to incorporate athleticism, obviously, number one, because they, they do a lot of physical activity, you know, the physical attributes of, the, of wrestling. But also the humor is, is the most important thing of it. And that's why we enjoy watching it. And it has yeah. to have physical humor. And that's why a lot of these small independent promotions are great at that because they incorporate yeah. it. And then the, then the third aspect, the fan interaction. And that's it. You have your trifecta yeah. of a great wrestling product act uh, athletics humor and fan interaction perfect winning formula for for fan engagement and that's but, it but and that's a great. really that's like a really tricky line though because you can you exactly. can go cheesy humor mm-hmm. you know but then there's cool humor, like the right? union we, exactly yeah. <laughs> like there's cool humor and that's like i said like the rock uh sean michaels dx like it was it was where it was like, oh, it felt like a diss. You know, it's like it's like you're listening to a, a rap song and you're like, that was a sick bar that, you know, a few <laughs> bars that he just dropped there. Whereas when somebody comes back with some whack rhymes, you're like, for real? Like, John Cena, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, you're... <laughs> First off, respect the doctor of thugonomics. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the tricky part about it no, in wrestling. Do, do you remember when John Cena debuted as, as or he debuted as the prototype, right? But then yeah. he was the doctor of thugonomics and he'd do those wrestling rhymes. Do you remember oh that? My God. Or were you not a wrestling fan? No, that's like, were you right. Not, like, Thankfully, really that's right it. when I checked out. <laughs> you missed that. So that was a ruthless aggression era, right? That's it was started. right after ruthless yeah. aggression. Like he yeah. debuts as ruthless aggression, right? That's he was the catalyst for it, right? Against yeah. Kurt Angle, but yeah. then he changed his gimmick to like this rapping guy, right? Doctor mm-hmm. Thugonomics. Yeah. The doctor, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, to me, that was a, a fun gimmick because I was still a wrestling fan at that time, and I thought like this is something fresh and different as opposed to everything else that's going on. And he'd have good rhymes; they were really funny. And then he'd yeah. pander to the crowd by wearing that throwback jersey of every of everybody, like every event he'd go to, whatever city he's in, he'd wear whatever hometown he was in, he'd wear that hometown team's jersey, throwback jersey. It sounds I like I was yeah. destined to give up on wrestling at that time, then, because it, had I stuck around and watched this, I would have been like, "Fuck this!" I'm out. If you, I want you to watch it now. I wonder if you would be into it though. Like you know, I will you, say all the all this John Cena bash. I will say there's a track that he did with Murs from Living Legend back in the day that I remember that was fire. So okay, I'll give him credit. I, Donald, have you ever seen that? Heard this track? No, have I haven't seen heard the video that. for it. No, oh man, I'll, I'll shoot you a link. But yeah, that, that's yeah. the only positive thing I have to say about John Cena. <laughs> I, there's nothing that I've seen of that guy in in my years since. That what about his performance in uh, Trainwreck? Did you ever see that? Trainwreck with Amy Schumer You know what? I prefer yeah. I prefer the one that he did with uh, where his daughter cock blockers. Uh, cock blockers. That's <laughs> a funny one. He he's pretty yeah. funny in that one. So. He credit, is a funny comedic talent. He's pretty good guy. at the acting thing if you mm-hmm. give him the right role. It's crazy to see that, like, 
he's like an actor now and then like you you remember him pretending to be a rapper for the sake of the the gimmick mm-hmm. and you're thinking like dang like this is the same dude who I'm sure like listens to rap music or you thought you he did because he was a rapper back then <laughs> and then you're seeing him be like this serious actor like in Cockblockers where he plays a dad and it's like he's a white suburban dad and everything yeah. so it's kind of funny seeing that it's um, like Ice Cube like seeing that that's the same dude you know <laughs> it's like Ice Cube like NWA that dude's in like all these family films <laughs> yeah yeah so in your wrestling fandom was there ever a time you felt embarrassed to be a wrestling fan like where somebody like made right now fun of, what is <laughs> no I, but you remember growing like when you one of the times you got out of wrestling in the sense i'll ask you this first rick because was there ever a time growing up and you saw either a storyline or maybe somebody in your personal life or who told you you know wrestling's fake while you're watching that crap was there ever a time you were just embarrassed to be a wrestling fan no <laughs> nice. no. that is no. the only correct I mean, answer because uh, d- you know me i i i am not shy about a lot of things honestly so i've never been embarrassed about it at at all i mean it was always fun it was always great and if you didn't like it you didn't like it if you liked it we were talking about it for hours <laughs> that's how i always was with everybody like oh you like wrestling no it's fake all right cool whatever and then hey you like wrestling yeah oh you did you see this and we would just like I, I, a lot of my friends in the like a long time ago that's how i got learned got that's how i got new friends was really hey do you like wrestling no yeah. all right next to the next person hey you like wrestling <laughs> yeah. yes all right let's go we're gonna be pals we're gonna be friends i, I never really felt embarrassed that i mean i've done like the whole like oh my god i can't believe what storyline they're doing with this one where i mean the one that always pops in my head is the it was the sexual chocolate may young together that one i was like what the hell is going on with this one it was funny (laughs) but i was like what the hell is going on with this and then the whole birth about (laughs) i don't know if you guys remember this one uh, I know Alex does, but I don't I know, know if, he, go, I, I go don't know if Sonny or Donald remembers this one. It was the whole thing where they're like, where uh, Mark Henry got got her got her pregnant. So May Young's what eighty years old at the time. <laughs> I think so. I don't yeah. really remember what time, how old she was, but she, oh yeah, she was God. eighty. And they're saying the whole story and everything like that, and then out of nowhere that she's she's giving birth. Like I forgot where was. Dude, poor Mark was, Henry, man. That guy has been through some crazy storylines, dude. The whole sexual chocolate. Yeah. Oh, I love and, sexual. Uh, the whole sexual sexual chocolate story was great. I loved it. I actually thought it was funny. I thought it was actually great. But yeah. the whole the yeah. whole with the May Young that thing, I was like, what the hell? All right, well, I mean, it's crazy, but let's see where it goes. When where, he was when he was curting China, though, I remember that's what I was that, like, what? Oh, that's Right, dude. <laughs> oh, that was so freaking funny though, because every single time, a lot of the times, and he, uh, he was just trying to make her laugh because yeah. you can tell he was just saying these outrageous stuff to make her laugh. And sometimes you see her break, like it was just so funny. Yeah. But back to the she, well, back to the so whole storyline, she gave birth to a hand. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> just this big prosthetic just, hand just a pops prosthetic out. hand with like 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 jelly all over it oh it's like god. some pink jelly all over it and it, that's all it is and everybody's like oh my god oh and then like throwing up and like oh this is so sick and I, I had no idea why the hell did you go with that why would it end like that but that that's how <laughs> that's how I, that story ended it was just like what <laughs> 
Yeah. I wow. love the Vince Russo, right? That's all you got. That's the answer to every Pretty time much, you get yeah. a weird answer to a story. Like, how did that storyline end that way? Ah, Vince Russo. He's going to yeah. write some weird stuff like that. Um, uh, <laughs> what were we even talking about? Embarrassment. The, main, embarrassment. the main young embarrassment there is just yeah. ugh, so gross. So um, I'd ask you this, Donald. Was there ever a time growing up you just felt or somebody ever like, you know, chastise you for being a wrestling fan or, or just say, you know, it's fake or, or anytime you um, just saw something embarrassing on, on wrestling. Yeah. I mean, the only person I could think of, but I don't even know if this even counts is was my older brother. Um, mainly because it's like, you know, he used to watch it too when he was younger, but then he grew out of it. Right. And then I started getting into it. And then it was kind of like, he grew out of it and was like, oh, you do know, like, that's all fake. And all right. like, oh, so he's spoiling Santa for you? <laughs> exactly. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. But then what's funny is like, um, he knew like The Undertaker, because The Undertaker is like the constant between like, I don't know, maybe three generations now of wrestling fans where you're like, you know, that's like the one constant character. And like, it's crazy because he always thought like, wow, like he's still doing it. That's so cool. But like, it was just like the funniest thing. But like, that's as mo- as much as I've ever gotten criticism for, which is my brother being like, oh, like, you know, that's fake or, oh, you know, like, uh, they're not really hurt or whatever. And I was like, all right, like, cool. I don't care what you think. <laughs> I'm still going to watch it. You know? <laughs> that's, that's always um, the right that's answer. I always feel like I, I don't know if it counts because if it's your sibling, it's like, you know, it's, I don't know. It depends on how much influence they have over you or not. But it's like, all right. Because that's always so funny. Uh, anybody who's not a wrestling fan, when they find out that you watch wrestling, even if you're just a casual fan, they'll, they'll always tell you something something like that to upset you as if you don't know already. Wrestling is fake. You know it's not real. Like, I know it's not real. It's a TV show. I know The Walking Dead isn't real either, but I watch that too. I don't, you know, like, let me enjoy what yeah. I watch. Like, yeah. Sonny, has there ever been a time... Um, Anybody's told you that? Would you remember oh, yeah. what your response has been? Oh, and- I got it plenty of times. The thing is, I, I grew up playing a lot of team sports, you know, so I was in baseball, soccer, you know, so you interact with your teammates, you know, and some people come from all walks of life and they're at different points in their life. And if they would hear me and another buddy or teammate talking about what happened on Raw, you know, this last <laughs> Monday out of practice on Tuesday, you'd, you'd get like the two or three kids that would be like, wrestling's fake or it's boring blah 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 and you just shrug your shoulders and you be like whatever man whatever. you know like it's uh yeah I, although i there must be something like psychologically speaking though about again the fact that i started high school and i stopped watching wrestling yeah, and collecting no. baseball cards like they're uh, i think know. it's called uh hormones is it ladies that's what i was gonna say no i think it's called ladies because i think yeah i was gonna say i think that happened more so for me in middle school but or as jerry the king a lot would say puppies puppies. Yeah, puppies well that's why i kept watching Deborah during Michael. the attitude era right? oh, that's yes. why i kept watching in sixth seventh eighth grade where i was like this is the best show on television for a sixth was it, grader what, was it grade. sable or was it sable oh, let's dude, be honest sunny sable. it was sunny first yes yes and then it went it went so forth and so on mm. um Marlene, Mar- Marlene, Marlena. Oh yeah, Goldust's yeah. manager, Marlena. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall. <laughs> so, so there was absolutely a reason why I kept watching during those middle school years. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> but then you know, yeah, I got to high school and I think it was just like, oh, now like these people are real, like the women are real. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I don't, these I don't ones know. actually talk back to me <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So, so yeah. That other than that, I'm sure I got it. You know, at some point, I don't. I don't remember one specific incident though. Where I was, thought, was like, there ever a storyline that you watched? It was like, what the f is going on here? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, a lot of that sexual, like that when when Rick brought up Mark Henry, I distinctly remembered the whole China. You know, being a DX fan, it was like this is not like China. To suddenly like, why are you doing this to her? You know, like so. That I think was a moment where the holes, like I started to see cracks in the armor, you know, where I was like, mm. where are these storylines going? And then again, being a fan of WCW and seeing them kind of copy what the WWF was doing at the time also, like it started to poke a lot of holes and make it uninteresting for me. Um, it, it started to become less about like the actual wrestling and more about the st- too much about like the storylines, like the, the candid cam, you know? And oh, it was like, yeah. Stuff like that, that you would see with the candid cam, that it was like, again, the Al, I always point to Al Snow because I thought like that was a gimmick <laughs> that did not work for me as, as a fan at that time, where it was like, what is this idiot doing? Like, are we yeah. supposed to believe that this is real? Like, that he's really talking to this like head, you know, and, and that he's. Yeah, the mannequin head. Yeah, yeah, and he's supposed to be also like a really great wrestler. Like, which one is it? Is he a doofus or and a shitty wrestler? Or is he a great wrestler and fucking idiot? Like, I don't understand. So oh, it yeah. was stuff like that 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 really turned me off. Dude, nah, just I, going off of that one, there was all right. Only one wrestler that I know of actually pulled off having something something completely stupid like that was Saturn. Perry Saturn and he mm. went insane and he was talking to a I think it was a mop right it was a mop or yeah, a broom moppy. I think. that's right moppy that's yeah, right. moppy it was just so freaking funny and he did it so well and the thing was he was still a great wrestler he was he was one of the best tacticians out there he was just so great so when you go out there and you wrestle him it would put on a great show but behind the scenes it was just so ridiculously over the top just talking to a mop and just like yeah hey what's going on yeah do you believe that it was, a, it was so freaking yeah. funny i think i think he, he, he was able to do it a lot better than what al snow kind of did it yeah it's like they crossed that line because like donald had mentioned in another episode about mankind you know his aura like boilerplate like that was kind of believable right like you you just were like this dude's a creepy but yet like i wouldn't want to face him i wonder you know like how the undertaker's gonna do against this guy and i feel like they tripled down on that and they just kept pushing the envelope to like okay now let's just make people stupid stupid let's see how far we can get with like how crazy we make these wrestlers mentally and Mm -hmm. that's where it was like come on man you guys were walking that tightrope already and i was still hanging with you guys (laughs) and now it's just like okay this is ridiculous. Embarrassing moments as a wrestling fan. We're always going to have those people who antagonize us as, you know, it's fake. But my, one of my favorite lines that I would get uh, from a, a friend who's tried to make me feel embarrassed as a wrestling fan is when I'd mentioned the Ultimate Warrior, like Ultimate Warrior, the second one or the third one. And that's such uh, a funny yeah. line because it's kind of it's that obviously r- wrestling rumor that, that they replace the original Ultimate Warrior with a new one, and it's and it becomes from the Ultimate Warrior coming back to WWE a lot lighter, right? And it's because he it was the whole steroid saga, yeah. and he had to cycle yeah. off the steroids. He also but had a little I, bit more of a tan the second time around. <laughs> 
that I think helped. <laughs> so he looks somewhat different, and I and and I would and it's such that is such my quick trigger. Like not, it's not even the one like wrestling's fake. It's a you know it's like this first this first second or third Ultimate Warrior, and then it's also the first second or third Undertaker. And it's, oh, yeah. it's this goes whole to the, although there it, were two Undertakers if you remember and that was a whole gimmick uh, right <laughs> and, it's, yeah. and it's always that whole it's kind of like that conspiracy theory that you can't prove or disprove however this is like very proven that it's not the same Undertaker it's not yeah. the same it's always the same Ultimate Warrior but then because he looks so different it's like while he's under the face paint <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny it's stupid which but is you why see that was also a big see i feel like that's part partially wrestling's fault um mm-hmm. again in wcw i remember the second sting was always like would make a recurring appearance you know and it was like wait what mm. there's a second sting you know so i think that that gets inside the head and you're like wait a minute are there really you know wrestlers that are playing the same part like we never saw i i used to think kane maybe was a different different wrestler at times um only to find out later that i know it was the same dude and now well, he was governor. uh uh he played a fake diesel right wasn't yeah, that yeah, what exactly. he played yeah he, used, yeah, he, he played was fake diesel. that's right that's right right when diesel left for wcw <laughs> Thanks again for joining us and hope you enjoyed this conversation. But wow, remember those crazy storylines WWE came up with during the Attitude Era? Kind of hard to believe they attempted that. I was a kid watching, so I didn't know how dumb it was. But now looking back at it on the WWE Network, some of that stuff just didn't age well. But nonetheless, it was entertaining. Well, guys, we have one more episode to go. We hope you enjoyed this series. The team put a lot of work into it, and I'm proud of what we did. Stay tuned for the final round of this series. We'll go over kayfabe then and now, some of our favorite storylines, not the funny ridiculous ones, but the ones that actually work. And we even get into a great discussion on what it means to be an independent contractor in the pro wrestling industry. Until next time, guys. Later.